0: okay hello hello welcome back to the petty profit podcast weekly man hug edition and uh, before you go any further I want to warn you that this week's episode is a repost of an old one we did uh, very early on and the reason for that this week is because uh, we're sick <laughs> I am uh, under the weather my brother is really sick uh, my brother Sam in Colorado not feeling well um, my other brother Aaron, had a prior commitment today, so uh, it just did not work out this week, unfortunately, but uh, possibly for the better because what I am reposting is an episode, like I said, early on uh, that did not get as many listens as we're getting uh, on the regular now. And it is, I think, a very good companion piece to the episode we recorded last week about uh, racial reconciliation, um, racism, woke churches, all that stuff. Um, and so this was, uh, I think, fall, when we, fall of last year when we recorded this. We were talking about Brant Jean and his courtroom hug of Amber Geiger. You might remember uh, Amber Geiger was the police officer who shot uh, the— older brother of Brand Jean, and it was a, an incredible moment uh, for our country and our culture. And, uh, you know, our news cycle moves so fast, uh, these iconic moments can get lost so quickly. And I really don't want that to happen with this moment. I think this moment was so special, so important. I would love for this to be a moment that doesn't just define a news cycle, but that defines, you know, our decade. And so, um, I repost this one as, I think, a good follow-up to our discussion last week. In addition to that, you'll hear some introductions uh, from my brothers. You'll get to know them a little bit better if you are new and just joining us. A little update about me. I've been working more with uh, the Babylon Bee, doing some collaborations with them, and it's it's just been the thrill of a lifetime. It's been really fun, really thankful for that, Uh, so... Uh, All the B fans that might be listening, uh, fellow writers, welcome. Glad you're listening, and I hope you enjoy this one. Last shout-out, I promise, and then I will move into the episode here. I want to give a quick shout-out to a guy named Adam Fouts. Um, Adam Fouts is uh, an old friend of mine from college, met him in college. He was in uh, the Marine Recon, and uh, I was a Marine infantryman, and... Those of you listening who are familiar with the military know that Marine recon is on a completely different level when compared to Marine infantry. I mean, they are the best of the best. And uh, Adam and I hung out a couple times in college. Uh, We PT'd, you know, physical training together, and he kicked my butt. I mean, this guy was in top physical condition just kicked my butt. And, uh, I mean, he was the kind of guy that could swim intense, heavy swimming for like an hour straight in the pool and then immediately get up out of the water and do 20 pull-ups without breaking a sweat. Um, and so, um, really, uh, really respect that guy, but he, he found my podcast recently and, uh, really connected with it and listened to every episode and caught up with every episode and wrote me a lot of nice things. Um, just as he was listening to each episode and some of the thoughts he was having. And it it was really nice to hear the feedback from him. And it was nice to hear from a fan of the podcast that was really, um, seemed to be getting something out of it. And it, it really just reminded me why we're doing this. And uh, Adam, if you're listening, I, I want to thank you, man. It was uh, encouraging to hear from you. And uh, I want to encourage my listeners to check out Adam's podcast. Adam just started a podcast called The Ibex Method, Ibex spelled I B E X. And this podcast is for people who want to get in optimum physical condition. And uh, based on kind of what I told you earlier, Adam is the guy that you want to learn from for this kind of stuff. He is a uh, true authority. And I have a ton of respect for him. So his podcast is on Spotify and on YouTube. Be sure to go check out Ibex Method. And uh, I just want to thank him for supporting uh, this podcast. And that is it. I will not keep you waiting any longer. Let's get into the episode. My discussion with my brothers about Brant John, Amber Geiger, and radical forgiveness.
1: assistant in every single home. <laughs> to give
0: prophetic word. To add, the add home it. prophet. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> A prophet mini. Well, you know my... uh Should we get into our topic? <clears throat> yeah, let's, yeah, let's do let's, this thing. Let's should get they? into the man hug topic this week. So, I guess, so first of all, um, okay, we talked about my week. <laughs> Sam, we talked about your week, although... You weren't recording. I
2: don't think we had that recorded. Okay, Sam, so, you you, you had a weekend not? where you went to uh, Starbucks, right? That's basically <laughs> what happened. Just
0: went to a lot of different yeah, Starbucks, we Seattle,
1: and basically the only thing in Seattle is is Starbucks. No, they um, the original Starbucks is up there, which is pretty cool. Um, it tastes the same <laughs> as every other Starbucks. There's nothing special about the coffee, um, but it's a neat experience. It's kind of like a coffee little mini thing it it wasn't that special um I, we went really early so we, mm-hmm. we didn't have a line but during like the middle of the day on the other days we walked by it it was like a mm-hmm. line coming out the door and now you can say you've done and it right like, Man, it's we're, an we're, experience we're glad we didn't yeah. wait in line for this because it was nothing special but we did go to the reserve the starbucks reserve and um most confusing experience <laughs> of my life i mean there's like there were like three different bars um one of them was like a coffee cocktail bar. And the other was like a coffee experience bar. And there was a dessert bar and a food bar. What's and a coffee like, what? experience bar? There were bar. no directions. What, what? It was so what makes it yeah. an
2: experience?
0: <laughs> <sighs>
1: it was just crazy. Like they had all these weird, really if, like, crazy coffee things going everywhere. They had like giant copper tubes going into the ceiling that fills up these giant... Co- I mean, it was just... dude. It was a crazy uh, like, was like a coffee uh, There's a, there's a coffee, coffee shop people. downtown
2: Detroit that we go to a lot called the Roasting Plant. And uh, you walk in, and all of the beans are in these transparent cylindrical tubes in the middle of the room. And uh, when you order a coffee, it's like this vacuum and it'll suck up the raw beans through tube. I've this been there. Tube. Nice. I know what really? I
0: know what you're talking about. Yeah, because I, I have a, a friend I used to work with at Expeditors who lives in downtown Detroit, and he took me there once, and it's really oh, yeah. cool. Yeah,
2: no, I've gone there many, many yeah. times. Wow. Oh, that's always a fun little, yeah, fun little yeah. place.
0: Have you been to um, that, um, that little breakfast place? It's right by there, too. Oh, what's it called? It's like a kosher oh, breakfast place. Um,
2: I think I know what you're talking about. Do they do like omelets and stuff?
0: Yeah, you can get lamb bacon.
2: Yeah, I, I've heard of it, but I have not been there.
0: Mm, it was delicious. Yeah, mm, Lamb bacon. Not as good as real lamb bacon. bacon. Story, yeah, guys. I know. So, Aaron, what happened guys. to you this week?
1: It's great.
2: Uh, not much. I don't even remember. <laughs> <laughs> Did you dad hard? dadding <laughs> all day, every day. Yeah. <laughs> No, yeah, Monday. I got. I, I was with the the kids all day, and I got to go and f- photograph for a golfing charity golf event, and so she got to go do that, and uh, me and the kids
1: hung out and photography did stuff. Hung out and did stuff. Yeah, she went photography. That's about it. Yeah, nothing, nothing
2: too crazy.
0: Um. So one thing before we start. I, uh, a few people have approached me and said, "Hey, really like the podcast. Um, who are your brothers? What are they? Where are they from? Tell me about them. They're really, they're really nice." Uh, so, I know we've recorded a little intro bit for each of us, and it, they just they didn't really go very well. So, just really quick, mm-hmm. introduce yourself. Tell us who you are. Ooh, go, Aaron.
2: Oh, me first.
0: Yeah, Aaron first.
2: Okay, Um, I am, I'm the third of the Barry clan, so uh, Joel- Third in line and for Sarah the throne. Me, yes, yeah, Um, and 20, 29 years old, almost 30, which is crazy, Ooh. but I live in uh, Detroit, well, I, uh, Lincoln Park, Michigan, which is a little southwest of Detroit, um, with my wife and two kids, and uh, I serve- on staff at a church here, um, with the college and career group. And then I do that part-time and then I recruit for, uh, Detroit Baptist Theological Seminary, uh, uh, part-time as well. So that is what I do and I'm doing. Um, is that good? Anything else I
1: should
0: share? No, it's good.
2: All right. Yeah.
1: Yeah.
0: Go, go Sam.
1: All right. Uh, oh, he's I'll got guess glasses I'll be next. on. Um, <laughs> Same with glasses. I do. I put nice. my glasses on. This is my smart <laughs> face. You do look smart. When we need to talk yeah. about smart things. Um, everyone, my name is Sam Barry. I am the fourth of the Barry clan and the youngest brother, and I uh, decided to sell one of my kidneys so that I could pay rent out <laughs> in Denver. Did um, th- uh, that get you like a month or two years? Two. Okay. Yeah, about a month. Yeah. You can't. One have kidney to... per month. So it got it got me, you know, enough buffer to figure out the rest of the eleven <laughs> months. Um, <laughs> um yeah, I've been married to my beautiful wife for two years. At actually the end of this month. Um next next weekend actually. Uh her family's out here. Um I am a, a proud college dropout. <laughs> I think schooling is a scam. <laughs> And advanced education is, um, at least a waste of my money personally. If you've chosen to advance your education, that's great. I hmm. like think Like for that's nine great. years? As, um, but for As what, someone who, <laughs> yeah. who did for not I, drop out of college <laughs> and completed
0: my degree, I completely agree with you. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, along with being, along with, uh, selling my kidney, I had to drop out of college to afford rent in hmm. Denver as well. Um... No, I I uh I work for a podcasting uh kind of agency. We do um we get people on the shows pretty much. It's kind of like a PR PR uh, agency, but just for podcasts. Yeah, when are you when are you gonna um, get
0: some some cool person onto our show? What the heck? Yeah, um, what, we yeah. we want <laughs> Michelle Obama. Yeah, we give us Michelle Obama. <laughs> when when can you get her on the show?
1: Yeah, I was just talking with her yesterday. Yeah. Actually, well, tell her fact, to
0: get but. on. With, Get on the man hug.
1: Oh <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, yeah, so that's what I do. Um, I have zero children, and um, hopefully we'll have some soon in the future. And that's my life. And awesome. If anyone is curious, I, I sit on I sit for an hour with these guys every yeah. week and talk <laughs> about stuff.
2: And if anyone's curious about, uh, you know how we spent our days as siblings back in the day mostly consist of stop action movies mm-hmm. with GI Joe and, and other action figures. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, it's usually Sam and I, and then Joel would Legos. usually come in and make it a lot cooler and funnier. <laughs> and so that's,
1: yeah, Joel would come in and be like, Oh, what if we did yeah, this? And, it would be that and and yeah. Thing or ever.
2: like we did a lot of Lego stop action movies. Um, yeah, later, and yeah. then you know Joel was also the Lego master, uh, which
0: you probably it could have was. made a career out of that too, Joel. Well, if you know, wanted. all three of us are creative. I always wonder what would have happened. You, so you remember? I remember when I when the Lego movie came out, and uh, mm-hmm. I saw that, and I I think it's it's actually directed by two brothers, uh, like Phil, Mi- <laughs> like Miller, Chris Lord, or something like that. I I can't remember what their like, names we are. We
2: totally could have done that. We've already done that, right? Well, the, just even like, like the
0: humor in it and like it just reminded me a lot of (laughs) of us and what we used to do and i just thought man i wonder if our (laughs) we could have we could have become uh, filmmakers probably what
1: what we what we could have done if we were allowed to access the youtubes (laughs) in our in our younger days um is we could have we could have created an entire Like internet yeah. YouTube channel with these all videos. of our movies are, are just seen, there's lost some out there some, mm-hmm. bunch and they of have old, like
2: you know VHS yeah. tapes yeah in some closet
1: oh, yeah. somewhere they were
0: so funny yeah like our Japanese yeah. anime it's good. back Iron when you could complete. go viral you know like you yeah. could actually go viral yeah yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: because YouTube yep. used to be just because of a really stupid weird videos yeah it was just anarchy
1: I mean, it's, it's
0: it was beautiful.
1: Yeah. It was just
0: people doing stuff.
1: <laughs> like the remember the first uh like lightsaber duel oh, with yes. um Eric and someone else. Oh, that's right, yeah. And they 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 got they did this lightsaber duel and they, they edited it and everything and it was it got like hundreds of thousands yeah. of views or I don't even probably not a million, but back in the day like hundreds of thousands of views was a big deal. Yeah. The biggest. And thing you remember ever. when YouTube videos um, could only
2: be 5 minutes long max? Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, that's right. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now they like have to be a minimum of 10 exactly. minutes if you want advertising know, on it, right. but Exactly. Yeah, so so the three of us guys, we're going to have to keep our eye out for the next thing whether that be like yeah t- TikTok. <laughs> let's oh, get on tiktok no. <laughs> <laughs> let's start a tiktok channel <laughs> that'd be like midlife crisis material right there oh my goodness wouldn't that be so funny like three <laughs> adult men on tiktok uh, oh my gosh my <laughs> well, well so Man. i am on the um i'm on the waiting list like two months ago i signed up to join the beta for ThinkSpot, which is jordan peterson's new mm. platform that he's he's created to be an alternative to Patreon, so it's it's like a free speech platform, zero censorship. Um, it'll probably be overrun by Nazis within two weeks, um, <laughs> <laughs> but it'll be fun for the first. But it'll two be weeks, fun, right? So it's like yeah, so it's where all the intellectual dark web, you know, will kind of congregate, and so I'm waiting for my ticket to come up to join, and and I'm excited because I'm going to have material already. And yeah. a lot of it is, you know, uh, Christian apologetics, you know, theist type stuff. And I know a lot of those intellectual dark web guys are atheists, so it's gonna be a fun little, yeah, it'll be a little fly in the butter over there. At <laughs> think spot, watch That's, out, think there's spot. There's a good
2: podcast title name for, for fly in the butter. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what does that even mean?
1: Is that
0: That's a, that like expression? an Andy Griffithism, I think. Yeah.
2: It's <laughs> uh, like a fly in the ointment
0: fly in, yeah yeah. Fly, yeah that's that's the expression I was going for fine yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway okay so everyone's been introduced. Um, thank you guys for being with me this week. I we have some other material recorded but I wanted to call an emergency meeting of of the council of Manhug to talk about mm. um, talk about what happened last week. And uh, we we'll call it the man hug heard round the world, um, you know. And I was I was following it a little bit before this happened, but it it didn't. You know, I mean, it really blew up after after uh, Brant Jean Brant Jean Brant Jean, um, right, yeah. forgave uh, the the killer of his brother in in the courtroom there. And, um, it was, yeah. So I, I just, I wanted to talk about it and I I wanted to talk about kind of what it means more broadly for our, our culture. Um, want to talk about some of the reactions that, that we saw to it and, um, I don't know, kind of hash it out a little bit. So I guess maybe we should start by maybe laying out the case in the background for people who aren't as familiar with it. Right. Yeah. So how do you guys, um, how do you understand the sequence of events, kind of what happened? So I think it was,
2: what, about a year ago, I think, when the initial incident took place, right? Um,
1: Just over a, a year. A
2: woman yeah. police officer, which I'm, I'm blanking on her name right now.
0: Um, uh, Amber, Amber Geiger.
2: Amber Geiger. Yep. So she walks into an apartment, uh, according to her, thinking that it's her own apartment, mm-hmm. um, and she sees a man... Uh, basically, well, I think he ended up. He was like sitting on the couch eating ice cream. Yeah, just watching. Ice and cream. uh, and she shot him, Yikes. killed him. Mm-hmm. And uh, according to her, um, she yelled orders that he didn't follow. According to witnesses, no orders were given. Um, and so obviously this became a big deal. Um, you know, calls for for justice, and um, and then. The uh, and then with the court ruling, the um the jury found her a guilty, sentenced her to ten years, which was
0: um was less than. Do you think that was a was fair sentence? Court. What did what did you think of that sentence, considering all the? Uh,
2: maybe that can be. I don't know. Maybe we can talk about that. <laughs> so because I mean, it's it... interesting, because I think we should talk about the circumstances leading up to that, because according to a lot of the jurists the sentence itself was influenced by what happened in that courtroom with yeah. Brent John.
0: So, yeah, so, I mean, it, it it's such a weird thing because I did have a certain level of, um, of sympathy for uh, the officer, Amber Geiger, just, I, I don't know, just knowing how absent-minded I can be sometimes. Um, there's a reason I... I'm not a cop and should never be a cop because, <laughs> because, because uh, walking up to the wrong floor of an apartment building, you know, if I lived in a building like that, it would probably be something I'd be doing on a weekly basis. Um, mm-hmm. But she had just come off of a, like a 13 hour shift. Like, and I mm-hmm. think it had even gone longer than, than 13 hours. Um, she was in the middle of a, A romantic relationship with her former partner her her former partner so she was she was sending they were sending like explicit text messages back and forth to each other like during the drive home and as she was pulling into the parking lot and as she was walking upstairs so she was obviously distracted and uh, according to her she opened the door all the lights were off except for like the glow of a computer screen and, and she just saw a figure sitting on the couch and whatever happened she
1: Who who sits in the living room with all the lights oh, well he, he was watching T V,
0: yeah. You know, I uh, I, I so. do it all the time. I just turn the You're lights doing off it and right eat now, ice cream. I, I grab the whole gallon yeah. turn, with the Turn all the lights in front off of the computer screen. <laughs> 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 Sorry, shouldn't be laughing about it, but I, I um in you know, and the the figure started walking towards her. Didn't stop. You know, and, and you know, there's a, there's another layer to it as well, which I know it's not politically correct to say this, but she's a female officer, and a 120 pound female does not have the same number of steps of escalation of force that a male does. And by that, I mean, a male has the operation to, or a male has a a larger, you know, a, a big guy, 250 pound guy has the option to progress from verbal orders to, you know, to physical force with his, with his body um that a smaller female doesn't have. And so, you know it's like for a female, I feel like it's it's more you're more likely to go from verbal orders straight to guns drawn because they don't have those in between steps available to them physically. You know what I mean? No?
2: And I think the pushback against that's always true. The pushback against that would be I, um there's been a lot of other examples of police officers skipping those in between steps and going straight yeah. to gunfire. You mean and I male think that's police the officers. backdrop. That's that's the backdrop to to this yeah. this situation.
0: Yeah. Right.
1: Well, I don't think I don't think that's necessarily always true. I don't think just because she's a woman that she would. She should get away with using no, excessive no. Force I'm, I'm immediately. I think I understand, I understand yeah. your point, though. I'm not and saying it's. That, that, uh, that it means she um, should get
0: away with it. I'm just saying that. I don't know. Maybe I'm just making a sexist point about women police officers, and, <laughs> I, like, <laughs> and stop being so sexist. Towards well, me, you know what I mean. Like it's, um, she's in a romantic relationship with one of her coworkers. You know, she's by herself. I don't know. Um, just yeah.
1: yeah. Well, it's I I think that there was lots of conflicting testimony around what happened before, during and after where, you know, she didn't follow life saving steps. She was calling her, um, you know, her her boyfriend or whoever, instead of like reaching out and asking for assistance on the radio or, or, you know, there was lots of things that was like oh man this wasn't yeah. handled she was emotional it. And if it was she's handled a chick. correctly <laughs> sorry we're totally gonna <laughs> My, cut this I out right? <laughs> no <laughs> i mean seriously like you know if you're a guy <laughs>
0: yeah. and you do and you do something like that your first action isn't going to be to call your girlfriend and and tell right. her you know what i mean like but her first action was to call her boyfriend i don't know like it I'm I'm I know don't know. I'm not being like, total I, I sexist here.
1: I don't I really hate bringing that <laughs> into this conversation. I I I don't like like it just she she killed yeah. a man. I mean she shot a man yeah. and you like that's the hard fact right there. She yeah, walked into someone's horrible, apartment and shot right? him. And you know, it, that is that's yeah, think... a terrible circumstance. Like whatever whatever happened yeah. surrounding it, um, you know, there there's There's reason to believe on both sides that she didn't handle it correctly, and regardless of her gender, she's a police officer, and you know, and as a law-abiding citizen, you're expected to handle things, you know, in a way that's professional. That doing everything that she possibly can to save this man's life, and you know, it's, you know, I think the the sentence is is appropriate, if a bit Hmm. light. Um, it, it 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 was she was convicted on murder, not yeah, manslaughter. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So I mean, I I don't have all the details, obviously, but you know, I think it's you. You look at the fact that look, she she killed somebody. There's conflicting witnesses. You can say on both sides that like, oh, you know, she had a a long tired day. She was just yeah. really tired. Um, and, and then on the other side, it's like, well, she should have known. And as as any citizen. And especially as a police officer, you you take appropriate steps when you shoot somebody, you know, and then when you realize that. I mean, like mm-hmm. imagine the horror, you know, realizing that yeah. it wasn't her apartment, um, you know, you take steps to save that person's life and and all that. So I think that.
0: No, I, you know, I
2: agree. I think, I, I think the circumstance itself lends to a level of understanding and and a level of sympathy for the police officer i mean a lot of stress the circumstances were all wrong and it led to a disastrous outcome and she obviously was torn up like crazy about it so i think there's a there's there's room for that at the same time i think understanding that if she would have gone off got off scot-free and be found innocent that would have been wrong and i, I think i think right. we should be glad that oh, at least a level of Justice. justice yeah was justice was, was, was brought to it yeah
0: no, I agree i well I, I think the other element too that we didn't bring up was i I guess there were some um it came up in the court that there were like she had sent some racist text messages or something like that so there was a racial component to yeah. you know she was a white police officer sure. the victim was black yeah. and um and I think that's that's really at the core of this whole thing was that yeah. You know, it, it was a it was a white police officer and, and the innocent victim was a black guy. Um, yeah. And so it it, it suddenly meant uh, the, the case was suddenly it, it had a lot more gravity than than another case, another similar case right. might, you know.
2: And I think I think we should let's let's jump into what happened in the courtroom itself with the uh, with Brent John and his comments on the stand and you know, maybe even when you're editing this, you can kind of throw in the audio clip or something. Yeah.
0: Um, Yeah. I think I will.
2: uh, So, I mean, just for, for context to the, the, brother of the, of the man who was murdered um, is in the stand and uh, offers forgiveness to this officer and then asks permission to uh, come around and give her a hug. And they hug for a long time. They're both sobbing. Um, and then that's followed up with the judge, the judge herself, uh, got off the stand and, and gave her her personal Bible, um, Hmm. and, uh, and told her to read, you know, John three 16 and stuff like that. And, and that moment itself was shared all over the place. Um, just a powerful expression of forgiveness. Um, and I just, I guess I was kind of thinking to myself, why did that why did that impact so many people what is it about that expression that that floored so many?
0: Oh yeah I mean you know what what was I think it, it was more powerful than you know uh, like a, a, a street protest with a hundred thousand people I feel like there are you know there are demonstrations where people, organize mass rallies around a certain cause of, of one type or another and and like it, it's I don't know it's amazing how powerful that one small gesture was and mm-hmm. and how it resonated with so many people
2: and you saw it was immediately contagious right with, when you when you looked at the judge and, you know, I, yeah, I, I would yeah. venture to guess that if he had not done that the judge wouldn't have acted mm. in the way she did right that 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 act of unmerited undeserved forgiveness i think one of the reason why it was so powerful is that it was unexpected and unnecessary
1: yeah right and unnatural. For him to get up, unnatural unnatural unnecessary
2: yeah. unexpected but yet there's something really beautiful about it and everybody recognized that
1: mm-hmm.
2: right if for him to get up on the stand and just rail into that cop and and bash her I don't think anyone would have blamed him for that, or ha- had gotten mad at him for that. Um, but when he did what he did, it just it floored so many, and I think it, um, it just flies in the face of the culture's universal response, or what the, what the culture thinks is the universal response solution to racial reconciliation, cops, you know, all this stuff. Um, it just, it flew in the face of what most people um, see as the the way forward. Um, yet everyone saw it as something that was incredibly beautiful and, and, and inspiring.
1: You know, there, there were a lot of people that were Actually, I'm yeah. Upset oh, yeah. At him. him
0: yes. Yeah. For doing oh, this. yeah. There's a whole other side um, to this, and I think uh, I think there was there you. Is. You mentioned Aaron this this idea of of it like of it being a way forward or a demonstration of a way forward, mm-hmm. and I think that there are certain people who are really offended by that notion that our way forward is for black people to forgive white people or excuse white people like it's like the balls Mm -hmm. in their court. If we're going to move forward, then you know, then black people need to just forgive and move on. You know what I mean? Mm
2: -hmm. Yeah. Well, yeah. And I think that's a dangerous, that that's a dangerous um, response to it. And, Mm -hmm. and I think for, for people that, lack any humility, um, are going to run right to that. Yeah. You know, just like if, yeah, it's like kids, you know, when you're get when you're, when you're caught in some type of, you know, disobeying your parents or something like that and you're so quick, you know, well, you should just forgive. You should just, you know, sit, you know, get over this and, and forgive me. Mm -hmm. Um, which is the completely wrong response. I think the reason why it shattered, Just the expectation and how everything is is that it actually moved past race overall. Um, Mm -hmm. That he he treated her as a human. And I think that's what was beautiful about it. Um, Mm -hmm. They were all humans in that courtroom. You almost forgot that race was even an issue in that moment. Um, And that's that's are people um,
0: terrified of us uh, forgetting race? is that what people are terrified of?
2: Yeah. I I mean, no, that's not the whole picture, but I mean, I think that's that that might that's that's part of it.
1: I, Aaron that last point there talking about how you know, he he treated her as a human. I think that was probably the most beautiful part yeah. of mm-hmm. that act. Um and I think that you know, from from that other side, from some of the people that got frustrated about this you know, of, of course, there's some, you know, there's some pride in there. There's some, you know, um, maybe maybe some bitterness at some of the, you know, the racism that the black community has been dealing with for a very, very long time in this country. Um, there was a really interesting I just I was just searching around and Googling before we got onto the show here. And um, it was a article in the Miami Herald. Um and, and it was just kind of talking about kind of giving a perspective on, you know, look, like this is forgiveness is, is a beautiful, powerful thing, but um, you know, who's forgiving black people? Why is it that, you know, you have so many, so many examples of you know, the, he, he brought up the, um, that church shooting, was that in uh, Charleston or mm-hmm. no, Birmingham? No. Uh, yeah, we're, the, the church shooting just talking about you know, look all, all these <laughs> these black people are, are forgiving this man. Mm-hmm. They're they're wanting the best for them, and I think you see examples of this over and over again from the black community. You don't you don't um, think you
0: see it from the white community as much, or? Is...
1: I don't know. I mean, I think there are examples to show that you don't. Um, obviously, there's examples out there of, of yes, white people, you know, forgiving, you know, the sins of black people and having empathy and and having love um you know kind of across those racial lines but um but yeah I, like i i I'm, I'm trying to just take that empathize with that other other side of things of the frustration that people experience like look this is they see another example of kind of this inherent racism in this country and when justice is um displayed and when when this woman is given a sentence you know they're kind of you know, looking at this guy and being like, no, like, this is a good thing. She should go to prison mm-hmm. for what she did. And we want justice. And, you know, forgiveness is a, is a is a good thing. Yes, yes, we want that. We want you to be able to forgive and to free yourself from the burden of hating this person. But we also want justice. And I think that that is where some of this frustration is coming from. Um, an example that this author gave in this article was... Um, Oh, what is her name? Oh, um, uh, I had it pulled up. Um, it. Oh, um, Marissa Alexander. Um, you know, and it, this this author is from Florida, so it kind of is closer to home for him, but he brings this up. She was... Uh, being, um, you know, she, her she's black and her her boyfriend or husband, whoever was threatening her and assaulting her and, you know, physically abusing her. She fired a weapon, a warning shot in the air towards the ceiling and she got a 20-year sentence for, you know, um, aggravated assault. Mm-hmm. And And I think that this is where the black community is coming from, maybe in their frustration over this act, in that, look, you have... Black people are still being put into prison for much lesser crimes. Mm. You know, they're uh, on, on minor charges. They're getting put up 10, 15, 20, 30 years. And this white woman who walks into a black man's apartment and murders him gets 10 and will probably be out after five. So I think mm. that's where the frustration is coming yeah. from. And I think we have to be able to separate that frus- frustration that that community is experiencing with the, the beauty that mm. we see in this display of love and affection. And while encouraging that and saying, wow, this is a, an incredible display of love and affection, not ch- cheapening mm-hmm. justice yeah. at the same time. I, um, as a culture, we like to pressure victims to forgive. Right. It's like, you know, forgive, forgive, forgive. Yeah. And, you know, I don't think that's always right or appropriate in every circumstance. Yeah.
2: And and he said, uh, Brant John mentioned in an interview that I watched where he waited over a year Before issuing this forgiveness, he said he waited over a year to hear this officer say, "I'm sorry," and him, her, him Mm. seeing her remorse and brokenness Mm. over that, and I think that's fair. It's not just, "Hey, just just forgive, just get over it and forgive." That um, he waited to see the sorrow, Um, and I think that is entirely Mm. appropriate. I think so. um, One thing that he mentioned in the interview, I think it was on Good Morning America. you know, he said, I don't really plan, this is a quote from him, I, I didn't really plan on spending the rest of my life hating this woman. There's something mm. called <laughs> peace of mind. Um, mm. And meanwhile, uh. outside of the courtroom, there are there's these chants uh, of j- no justice, no peace, no justice, no mm. peace. Mm. And yet Brant's message mm. was, no forgiveness no justice and no peace. forgiveness no peace no forgiveness right? no peace and and, and both are but both are true you need justice hmm. and you need mercy and i think hmm. the problem is we're so quick to demand justice toward others but we want mercy for ourselves um and and i think that's one of the reasons why there was some beauty in this story is that you hmm. saw an aspect of both you saw justice being served, and you saw mercy being given. Um, and I think mm. when you elevate one to the neglect of the other is when you have problems,
1: mm-hmm.
2: right? We're not asking yeah. for just all forgiveness and remove all the consequences and forget like nothing ever happened. Mm. Uh, but at the same time, to live in a life where it's all justice and no mercy, yeah. is not a it's not a world that any of us want to be living in.
0: Yeah. Right. Yeah.
1: Yep. Absolutely. Hmm. Yeah, that really that sums it up yeah, so it really well. Does. I think. Um, and it, you have those those two sides of the aisle. Yeah. You know, one is saying like, "Oh no, forgiveness for everyone," right? And then, um, you know, the other side is saying like, "No justice, yeah. justice, justice." And, and in reality, it's y- you can have both. Mm-hmm. You know, and and it would have been wrong for that judge in that moment to say, "You know what." Mm. case dismissed, you know, like everyone go home. That would have been yeah, terrible yeah. and that yep. would have that would have made it would have, forgiveness look ugly because justice was yeah. was It would not have made serve. what Brant John have did think have both. not as
2: it wouldn't have people I don't think would have looked at it the same way. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think what I what just,
0: what drives me crazy though is uh, you know, there there are so many examples of similar situations happening where the cop didn't get justice. And I I think, I I watched recently, um, I don't know if you've seen the video of, um, there was, someone made a call to the cops that someone at a hotel had a gun. So the cops showed up, and um, the whole thing's on video, and they have this guy come out of his room, a white cop, and it's a white guy, um, out of his hotel room. And he's just like some poor, like, young single guy like traveling salesman or something on business and the officer makes him come out of his room like on his knees is like screaming at him the guy's like in tears like begging the cop like you know i don't have a gun i don't know why you're here please don't shoot and the cop just like unloads his his weapon this Mm. poor guy while while his hands are up and he's kneeling on the ground and Mm. the cop got nothing he he hmm. he walked away completely scot free um and you know and and no one talked about it because it didn't have the 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 political racial lightning no rod racial around it that that, yes, that made right. it a newsworthy story um yeah. but i don't know I, I don't even know maybe what i'm saying here but um i guess i it, it, it bugs me, it really bothers me to see the, the racial component brought into this whole thing all the yeah. time, you know, and yeah. and going back to your point, Aaron, I think that is part of what made it so powerful and also such a, almost maybe a, a uh, not a dangerous act, but a, uh, a rebellious act almost is because it, it kind mm. of, for that moment in the courtroom, it kind of erased the idea of race for just yeah. that split second. Right. And, and I think for, you know, and and I'm going to be critical of these people. I think for a lot of people, they have a, a career interest, a political interest, a monetary interest in keeping the race resentment Mm -hmm. alive. And, Mm -hmm. um, you know, I'm, I'm not going to say that there isn't racial injustice and racism that affects people. Um, but I also don't think that it is nearly as much of a problem as it is made out to be and i it I, it hmm. just poisons everything and i i hmm. i don't know
2: i i do think but the problem is and the tough thing about the atmosphere is you're not allowed to say that
0: i'm not i'm a white dude i'm a white male evangelical yeah. and, and 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 there's the 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 counter to what I just said is that well you haven't experienced it you haven't right. you know you don't you, you haven't been there you have nothing to say about this because you're a white male and you know wisdom I'm I'm ranting here so stop me if I if I go <laughs> off the rails and and you know I can always cut this out but wisdom knows no race. Wisdom is universal, yeah. and you know what? What was it that Nelson Mandela said that that you know bitterness and resentment is like drinking poison, hoping it's going to hurt somebody else. Hmm. And um, I, I acknowledge the just the horror and the injustice that um, that black people in this country have endured in our history, but it's hmm. also like it's also a, a painful and uh, kind of a brutal truth to have to say that w- white people can't dig you out of this. Like, mm. yeah, maybe white maybe white people put you there in the situation that you're in, but white people can't dig you out. Like, only only you can rise above your your circumstances, mm. and um, the the calls for You know, for white people to change, for the system to change, and that that black people will not be able to have good lives until white people do this or the system does that. I just see it as keeping so many people in imprisoned and without Mm -hmm. hope because they live their whole lives being brainwashed and told that that Hmm. you will never succeed in life unless that person over there does this and unless this system changes this way. Mm. And And it hurts, it hurts both ends of it, right? So this whole approach of basically
2: pushing and promoting guilt, um, with no forgiveness in return, that that, that's kind of like, you need to feel guilty. Um, and we're not offering forgiveness, right? You just need to feel bad about it. And and I think the, um, the way it hurts both sides, like you mentioned, Joel, first of all, that if, you know, if you're aware with like the whole intersect intersectionality thing that, Elevates victimization and degrades privilege. This what this approach does is it not only makes the victimized become entitled and paralyzed in their state, mm-hmm. but it also makes the privileged more stubborn and defensive.
0: And um, it, it also makes the privileged less likely to share their wisdom with the victimized or with the the underprivileged, right. because mm. you know th- the answer to attaining privilege or attaining a better life for yourself is so often time to to hear the wisdom of those who have done better. You know, that's what we do. That's Mm -hmm. why people read self-help and listen to, you know, the startup podcast and because they want to hear the wisdom of people who've done it. But when you live in an environment where, yeah, like this, this, uh, privilege victim mentality and that the privileged quote unquote are told to shut up, it it cuts the underprivileged off from the the lifeline that will help them. Does that make sense?
2: Hmm.
0: Yeah, but you just said that you just think, said that you just
2: said not, that the privileged can't necessarily help What's get that? them out of it. You just said that the privileged can't get them out of it. No, they've got they, them in it,
0: but they the privileged can't get them out of it, but the, the wisdom of the privileged if 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 they apply it to themselves and use it for themselves, then they can get themselves out of it. Does that make sense?
1: Sure. Yeah, I think that that makes sense. And I think that there's, um, you know, the the privileged are not the lifeline to the underprivileged. In some circumstances, yes, through generosity, through wisdom, through the sharing of knowledge. No, Um, but the
0: wisdom is like there's there's a yeah. saying I've and I can't attribute it to because I don't know who says it but that that the privileged or the rich in this country are not preaching what they practice enough and they're too afraid to preach what they practice i mean the 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 wealthy in this country um stay married they go to church um they do all the things and follow all the rules that you need to do to to have a good life Um, but they're too afraid to preach what they practice because they're told, you're a privileged person, shut up.
2: Hmm. Yeah, and just to balance it out, I think it would be fair for us to make the point also that we're not saying that all of the privileged are there because they're wiser.
0: Oh, you're exactly right. right. Absolutely. Right. That, that, that,
2: that, and, and the pushback would be, no, you're there Look because you were Trump. born into a better situation. Yeah. yeah. Right. Um, and you've that's, got things that's not the case
0: you. with 99%. Though.
2: Yeah, exactly. It's, you yeah. have to make sure it's, that's not, it's, you're looking at it balanced, yeah. but, I, but
0: bringing it, but bringing it back, I, yeah. I think, you know, and, and I'm, I'm kind of ranting about just my frustration with some of the, just the, what seems to be an impasse with the, like the racial disparity and, and. And, and all that, but I guess I I want to again remark how that act, that Christ like act, just just literally cut through all of that. Um everything that I've just and, ranted about. <laughs> um and and any solutions <laughs> yeah. that you might propose or or things that you might say need to change or someone else might say needs to change. Um it's it's the answer is so simple, and the answer is Christ. I mean, it 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 it's so simple, and yet so difficult.
1: <laughs> and I think what's powerful about what happened in the courtroom is it's a rebuke to everyone. It is, it is a rebuke to people on both sides of the argument, to both sides of the privilege debate, to both sides of the racial debate. You know, it is you know it doesn't it doesn't show partiality in in the way that you know it should cut to the heart and convict for you know just kind of using the traditional terms here you know for anyone that is like a white privileged person you know this this man has every right to be just frustrated at This system, or frustrated with what he sees, or frustrated with the racial tensions in the country, but he chose to forgive. It's a rebuke to to us. It's also a rebuke to the people who are, you know, kind of demanding this justice, no mercy. This, you know, kind of down with the, you know, just kind of a a very bitter narrative. It's a rebuke to them as well. And so I think that's what what's powerful about this is it 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 is refreshing, but also a rebuke to everyone. It, It doesn't. Um, leave anybody out when it comes to uh, lessons that can be taken. And I like
2: I, I, I kind of in a way hate to talk about this within the whole context of ra- racial reconciliation. Like I, I, hmm. I like to more just focus on this incident in and of itself. Because hmm. I, I think hmm. the way that both John and his brother would want it to be viewed is, is two human beings reconciling hmm not how does this fit sure. into the whole network of recon- racial reconciliation mm-hmm. <laughs> this this situation um just how uh i was really in the um in the interview uh that he gave to good morning america i i watched the uh the the unedited video of his comments and one thing that didn't make it into the cut um was where he kind of talked about God, and um, of course he said, <laughs> "Yeah, yeah." He that said, out. Uh, "This this is a quote from him. If you want to forgive her, just remember that God forgave you. Hmm. I know that every time I ask God for forgiveness, He forgives me. So who am I not to forgive someone who asks, right?" And so that's hmm. the that's the hmm. bi- the main thing here. It's not like race hmm. or black and white. It's God and humanity. Hmm. Um, and and what he mentions there, um, you know, reminds me of the, the parable of the unforgiving servant, um, in Matthew 18. If you're not, uh, those listening, if you're not familiar with it, it's a parable that Jesus tells of a servant that's, has a insurmountable debt that he can't pay. Um, and he goes to his master, asks for forgiveness and pleads, um, and his master graciously forgives that entire debt. And then that same servant who was just forgiven goes out to a fellow servant who owes him just a handful and says, pay me. And his fellow servant asks for forgiveness. And instead of forgiving him, he grabs him by the throat and says, and throws him into prison and sells his family and all his possessions. Mm. Um, And the whole point of that is if you truly grasp the weight of what you've been forgiven of, um, it's easy for you to forgive. And I think that's what, what, what Brent Jean was getting at here. It says, I know what God has forgiven me of, so who am I not to forgive someone who asks for it? Hmm. Um, hmm. And, and that, to me, is the big takeaway, hmm. um, because that's, what, that's the reason why he did it. He wasn't doing it.
0: To, to bring about pave ra- the way racial, for reconciliation. Ra- racial reconciliation <laughs> but uh, <laughs> of course he wasn't, but that is the answer nonetheless, wouldn't you say?
2: Yes yes yeah. I, I, that when you look at the I think in a small way it's portraying the gospel hmm. um, that because the gospel in Christianity is literally the only story that perfectly blends justice and mercy grace and truth together and harmonizes them in the death, burial and resurrection of Christ. Mm -hmm. And, and because of what we've been forgiven and the justice that we deserved, which was death was placed on Christ and the debt we've been forgiven. It frees us to forgive and, and and to love others around us that I'd say that the goal of the gospel is not racial reconciliation, but it's definitely a byproduct of it. Yeah. Right? It's, it's not the purpose of the gospel but it's a it's a fruit of the gospel yeah. because when when you when humanity comes to a point where they recognize that um, they have been saved by grace then the differences that divide us don't divide us anymore they seem insignificant
0: i i love that hmm. because so before we sat down to talk, I, I just read f- through a few things, and, and I found an article on the Gospel Coalition. It was a really well uh, thought out and just very thorough article about, you know, it, I think it was called Racial Reconciliation, and I'll, I'll have to I'll have to cite it later because I can't remember what it was called, but it, it was very long, and it basically just, in a very matter-of-fact way, laid out all of all the things that we tend to kind of agree on and all the things that we disagree on and all the things that are kind of confusing. And it was just such a a mess of Hmm. entangled, complicated narratives and opinions and disagreements. And the whole thing is, I just, I don't know, I just love the simplicity that and, and satisfaction that the person of Christ brings to this whole picture. Like you said, uh, th- yeah. with with justice being satisfied, with mercy being satisfied, and then just just the character of Jesus um, really in, in us living in his light and, and by his mm-hmm. Spirit just kind of erases and melts away all that entanglement and confusion that we're like, I feel like we're, we're so caught up on, on the argument and trying to counter the, the different narratives and there's competing narratives and, and no one really knows how to solve this problem, but everyone, everybody wants to solve this problem. Mm. And, um, I love the simplicity of the, of what the answer is, just being Christ.
2: And that's why, that's why personally, um, I get kind of annoyed when churches, mm buy into the whole distracted yeah like like we need to we need to be looking at like our goal is to like bring racial reconciliation it's like no your goal is to preach jesus (laughs) and share the light of the gospel and you know what's going to happen if you do that there will be no greek or jew or barbarian or slave or free because christ is all in all right like Mm -hmm. you're going to be united Mm. in christ um but the, yeah, we just get so distracted by all of the arguments <laughs> and all of the, the intricacies of it, and so the good. simplicity
0: of it. We is we buy into Jesus. we buy into the culture, like we we. Yeah, and it's it's this.
1: Well, I think I, I don't think it's buying into the culture. I think that these churches are trying to speak into the culture. No, I, I think, they're think they're being driven by it. Um, I don't. I don't think they're. Yeah,
0: you know, there's a difference between cont- contextualizing. I
2: mean, there's it's. Yeah, to, no, I'm, I I guess I'm I'm referring yeah. to
0: more like kind of the woke church movement or whatever you want to call it, but the, there's a difference between um contextualizing the gospel for culture and letting the culture drive you know in, in the cultural narrative and cultural attitudes drive your theology. You know mm-hmm. what
1: I mean? Yeah, and I I think I agree that that is it is not good nor the point of you know churches but i think there's there is a necessary we must we have to speak into this right when but how um, like you know I, when 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 a church on this corner is and, and I, I really don't want to risk sounding you know really woke or whatever or or, or trying to you know satisfy some sort of no, no, guilt, that's okay. Guilt complex because like I don't have any of those things, but like you know when a church on one corner is all white people, mm-hmm. and then the church a block down is all black mm-hmm. people, and then and then a church you know up the street is all young people, and then you go down the street a little further and it's mm-hmm. all old people. So I'm like, I, I there's there's issues we need to speak into as a church, and you can't just be like, oh, we just need to get up and and speak the gospel. In essence that is true. The gospel is the, is the answer, right? That it satisfies that it, it, it talks about, you know, the human condition, not our racial condition. And, you know, the racial condition is the result of our human conditions and our broken relationship with God and our broken understanding of who we are. And, you know, I, I don't think that churches are inherently, and I'm, I, this is kind of a rabbit trail, but I don't think in churches, churches are inherently racist, but they are inherently selective. People can mm-hmm. kind of select what they want, and people tend to select what's most similar yeah. to them. And, um, and that's, yeah, I I think, know, yeah like, it's like you already referred to, be... Sam.
0: That's not just, the people don't just do that along racial lines, they do that along cultural lines and age, generation, and music, yeah. t- music right. preferences, yeah. and, you know, yep. um, yeah. And what I think, yeah. and I think that is
2: an example of churches not being driven primarily by the gospel. They're
1: being driven by mm. yeah,
0: exactly. It's which you know, which we group have a specific product that matches exactly. who you are. So and do you, do want you think? Exactly. Do you think that a a church that is, I mean, if if you can imagine a a purely gospel centered church that's just doing everything right do you think that over time that's going to end up being a, like a multi-ethnic congregation or, um, I'd say if they're,
2: if they are reaching their community, like if they're actually fulfilling the great commission and they're not closing in on themselves and just hunkering down, and keeping to their little circle, but if they're actually going out and sharing the gospel with their neighbors and their friends and their co-workers, mm-hmm. then yeah, your church is going to reflect the demographic of your community because your church is reaching the community. Mm-hmm. And I think most right. people, new believers, I think the vast majority of churches that are segregated based off of generation or race isn't primarily driven by new converts going in it's veteran christians migrating to churches mm. that look like them mm. I, I think mm. i think when a brand new convert is won to christ by a loving christian um he'll go to a community that's preaching the gospel and, and shows love um and so i think that's yeah if you're fulfilling the great commission that's what's going to happen mm. but i feel like we're kind of getting off. Mm topic here. <laughs> no, this I I mean
0: I I like that we brought it back to to this. I mean, I there's there are a few tangents in just talking about, you know, police practices and and racial reconciliation and all that <laughs> stuff. I I think that all those are side issues that um you know, th- this is the main thing. And in any conversation yeah. that we yeah. have like this, I want to I want to make sure we make the main thing yeah. the main thing.
2: And I think what made yeah. what another reason why um, it made Brant's uh, actions so powerful was it was really it was captured in um, there's an interview with the family attorney, and he was talking about his perspective on this the the the, the family attorney of of Brant and, and Botham and and he said as he was reflecting on the what happened in that courtroom he realized that. Um, This is his quote. He wanted, both of them, or Brandt, wanted not only to forgive her in words, but he wanted her to believe him. Hmm. So just saying it, she might not be convinced. So he asked to give a physical display of that forgiveness so that she would be free. Hmm. And and that is such a powerful picture of the love of Christ um, that... the forgiveness and just to allude to the gospel that we say we we hold to right that the forgiveness that we possess from god isn't just because god told us it's mm-hmm. because god showed us um that he stepped down and 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 became a man and took our sins in that physical it was it was more than just a physical display of how mm. much he loves us it was the only way to provide that forgiveness well and you know that
0: um, the if you watch the video and saw the way um the amber clung to him yeah i i mean she she looked like a drowning person holding onto a lifeline mm-hmm. i mean she she was she was just like holding on to him for dear life it looked like i mean you could you yeah. could just feel the the relief um Just washing through, just in the in the video. Um, I mean, I just yeah, I can't imagine. I can't imagine. I mean, what just what it did for him and what it did for her. Um, just just incredible.
2: Yeah, yeah. And that's that. What I think is so fascinating is that so many people, regardless, you know, there's there's both sides. People were upset about it. People liked it. All that. But I think the vast majority of people that saw this, there's something in them, although the culture is preaching one thing, right? That you you just need to, you know, no justice, no peace, no justice, no peace, no justice, no peace. But when they see this, there's something in them that that just recognizes this is is otherworldly. This is so different. This is so refreshing.
0: Mm -hmm. Um, It's alien. It's... Yeah, like like I said, yeah. it's unnatural, you know. Um, but it, at the same time, yeah, like it, you deep down know that there's something right and good and pure about this.
2: Yeah, yeah.
1: Yep. And there's there's a sense, in where people are reacting based on their own sense of justice, mm. and I think that the human, the human created sense of justice is always the other. Yep. It's always that person is mm. guilty. That person is guilty. That person is guilty, and. God's sense of justice is no you hmm. you're you're guilty. I yeah. I am Let him who's without sin cast the
2: first stone. <laughs> exactly. <laughs>
1: yeah. And you know, I think there's there's something you know incredibly powerful to that where it's it's we will never be able to create our own justice. We we are so hmm. unjust. Yep. Even when we're trying to be just, we're mm-hmm. unjust. Yep. And the only true form of justice is you know with a perfect judge that sees and mm-hmm. knows everything and you know that that's our creator and that's that's god looking at us and saying no like you're guilty <laughs> and and that's when the the powerful, power of the of the gospel story comes in and says okay well somebody took that guilt on them mm-hmm. for you and so um yeah, I think I think it's just that there's two sides of yeah. the justice argument. There's one that's man created that's yeah. flawed, yeah. and there's one that comes. From we're God.
2: really bad at giving justice. Uh, I, I think.
1: Yeah, we're terrible. We've never gotten yeah. it right. Our
2: our our inclination, our natural our natural bent is to one up whatever injustice has been done to us. Right? Mm-hmm. If someone does something mm-hmm. bad to me, I'm going to do worse to them, and it escalates and escalates and escalates. And if you want to see this I'd...
0: in its purest form, I uh, I babysat. A a group of eight (laughs) two-year-old boys today. Oh man! Depravity is in nowhere greater. We we are all like, we are all that. It's just we are we are all a bunch of two-year-olds in a nursery, and we've just we've just graduated (laughs) to new methods. Yeah, we've gotten more sophisticated in our our. It's just our adult version of he took my ball, now I'm gonna smack him in the face. You know. No, that's it, true. I just—I wonder how we must look to God
1: sometimes. That sounds like that's—I well. mean—that sounds like justice. <laughs> yeah. You, right. I mean, isn't that what football is? I don't know. Yeah. You just described football, Sam. <laughs> I just described <laughs> the sports this ball. This is why we all love football so much. It's, you guys it's, are talking about just my ball, ball, ball again. in the face. Yep.
0: There we go. Sports ball.
1: <laughs> you guys following the? Are you guys following the Browns this year?
0: Yeah. What? <laughs> no.
1: yeah.
2: Topic crying. shift.
0: <laughs> All right. I'm just
1: curious. The Browns,
2: are
0: you following the Browns?
2: I'm kind of following the Browns. Yeah. Because they were supposed to be really good. I'm the they're, only they're one of the flop.
0: three here that lives in Ohio. And I am not yeah, following a, the Browns. Yeah, that's
1: true. <laughs> it's Baker Mayfield. <laughs> well, Denver is like Owen. And I never liked Denver, anyways, but we're <laughs> having a terrible season. <laughs> and, uh, the Browns are it's getting all because they traded Tebow.
0: So. God's wrath has been upon that's them right. ever since. That's <laughs> <laughs> true. <laughs> they, they rejected were, the that's prophets. Right. <laughs> they stoned the prophets <laughs> will, who were sent to them. They will be conquered. <laughs> God, God will bring in other nations <laughs> to conquer right. them, them. Take them into slavery. <laughs> if uh, if the cities
2: of Sodom and Gomorrah <laughs> had the same chance that the city of Denver had, they would have repented. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh
0: my goodness. Wow, okay. Well, I so okay, Aaron, I'm going to I'm going to yeah. I'm going to give you a stumper here. You're probably okay. going to knock it out of the park cuz you're so smart. Oh, don't don't So, yeah, don't so apartment. Brant Brant Jean's forgiveness of Amber Geiger. Mm-hmm. Uh I know we I know we love to criticize the uh the the saying preach the gospel at all times and when possible use words. but does does this does this give credence to that that saying did he did he preach the gospel without using words in that in that no he used words dang it he did yeah he did (laughs) pretty much well he did so so this is the thing and and just to kind of speak to that
2: issue um is you you can't preach the gospel without words but um, we can adorn the gospel. That, that's what our good works. That's what our good acts morning. of love. That's a good. It adorns the gospel. But mm-hmm. if you don't have any substance to it, then it's just fuzzy. You know, th- there's no foundation. So mm-hmm. you preach the gospel. You're clear on it. You proclaim it, and you adorn it by backing it up with your your love and your compassion, your forgiveness for others.
0: And that's what he did. Good answer. Uh, see, I told you you'd uh, knock it out of the park. I knew you would. <laughs>
1: I would, I would say that, um, you know, faith without works is dead. So you, if you right. had to choose one, either yeah, either the, the works of faith or the words of faith, you would have to choose the works of faith because words yeah. without anything to back it up, if you're just a vain, empty preacher yeah. clanging cymbals and making yeah. noise, no one's going to listen to you and you're actually going to make the gospel worse. Yeah.
2: Because on the flip side, right, although actions without words is not preferable, you want to speak. Um, but when there's an act of otherworldly love like this, I think uh, it strikes a chord with with the way that God has created us, I think in the image of God and man um, that could prompt someone to to find the answer. On the flip side, if it's all words and no love, that's why so many people see Christians as a bunch of hypocrites Mm -hmm. because they they, they preach the truth, but they never back it up. Mm -hmm. Um, So, yeah, you're right. If you're going to err on one side or the other, faith without works is dead, Uh, but preferably you want both. Mm. Did you ever see that article, Joel? I think it was Babylon Bee a long time ago. Um, Man commits to feeding the poor, uses food if
0: necessary. Oh, yes. (laughs) I love the Babylon Bee. Have yeah, I have yeah. I mentioned that I love the Babylon Bee? I, th- I think you've said okay. that once all or twice. Right. Just, just yeah. want to make sure everyone knows. Shout out, quick shout out, quick to, shout the out bee. to the Bee. Listen to our podcast and uh, <laughs> please, please just hire us all. Love, is, us.
1: Love, love us, please love us, love us.
0: <laughs> notice us, notice us, Babylon Bee. We we thrive off of love, we and affection do. and adoration, We're like little little puppies. We need it on a daily, consistent basis. Yep. <laughs> Uh, um Aaron I um I really appreciate um what you brought to this man I, I you really you gave this some thought and you came some, you you brought some good wisdom and insight and I and and you you tempered my uh political rantings quite <laughs> quite well and I do appreciate that and uh, you you as well Sam um good Discussion: Are we missing anything? You, is there any we need to put a pin in anything at all? Well, I'd or? say, I don't <laughs> just just. <laughs> I
1: don't know whether we, we put whether, we include, in this, this right whether we
2: include this or not. I, I, you know, to to any listeners here that that aren't acquainted with or are familiar with the Christian faith, hmm. the reason why this story resonates with those, especially those who have p- professed faith in Christ is that our faith is is a faith that states that we are undeserving of any forgiveness whatsoever that if justice were to be served hmm. uh, we would spend eternity away from from God um and we aren't a bunch of perfect people who have it all figured out we're a bunch of forgiven people who have been set free from our sin Mm-hmm. And and so when we see pictures like this, it reminds us of the debt that we've been forgiven. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's I think
0: it, yeah, it does. We're we're all Amber Geiger, right?
2: Yeah, yeah. And the the, the the crazy thing is, as powerful as this picture was, it still falls short of the picture that that Christ of Christ's death. Right? Because mm-hmm. if you're to use that courtroom scene, it it goes beyond a hug it it goes to the the judge himself taking the penalty of the convicted yeah and setting the convicted free a perfectly right? I mean, innocent
0: judge yep. and a and a completely guilty um
2: yeah hmm. and so you know Christians stand not in any of our own righteousness but the the righteousness of of Christ who who saved us hmm. um you know no merit of our own and uh, i don't know i just feel like that's important to throw out there um it's good
1: way to use your words aaron to yeah now display the gospel let's all give
2: each other a hug to to (laughs) adorn that gospel that i just just
1: now go feed some people (laughs) to make sure it's (laughs) passed. (laughs) right Oh, Aaron,
0: maybe, we, Aaron, maybe you should lead us in the sinner's prayer in case anyone's listening here. If, if, <laughs> Everybody, I can, do, I do, I can, the can the do a killer you that invitation, prayer with guys, <laughs>
2: if you want me to take you through the, the process of manipulating people into a decision for Christ. <laughs> I've got it down, should,
1: man. Should we have everyone bow everyone their heads? Everyone bow your heads and close, and you close your, your eyes. eyes.
2: No one looking around. Yeah.
1: We we can have We're a not going to embarrass uh, you
2: alter. or point you out in any way. Just stand up, look at me, and <laughs> Yeah.
1: Goodness gracious. Aaron, I've been waiting for your Southern Preacher My. altar call impersonation since we started really?
2: this. Well, so maybe someday we can give <laughs> it more.
0: This has been the Petty Prophet Podcast. Don't forget you can reach out to us on our website on the contact form at www.thepettyprophet.com or you can reach us at contact at pettyprofit.com Looking forward to hearing from you. One of these days we'll do a mailbag or something, answer subscriber questions. And uh, yeah, thanks for listening.